Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. Stay tuned for a new episode of the Mangina Dialogues. Going. Uneducated, unfiltered, unhinged. This is the Mangina Dialogues. We at it again. With your host, Nick Scopes. And the Gregolicious. You know how we do, because you know we keeping it gangster and silly. Unplugged like a fool swung titty About get jitty Cause you know we down to the nitty and the gritty And we make shit sound so damn pretty Yeah Cause this unhinged comedy And right now you're in the mix So get ready Cause we bout to get it poppin' And we ain't stopping. I'm educated, I'm Hello and welcome to the Mangina Dialogues I am your host, Nick Scopes And I'm the Gregalicious <laughs> <laughs> Today, we have the creator of the Jerky Boys, Johnny Brennan with us. What's up, Johnny? How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Going pretty well, man. Going pretty well. Good. I, when Nick was, when we were playing that theme song, I just kept hearing it in my head as if it was you back from when I was in college. <laughs> Imagining that. It, it takes me right back. Um, how you doing? How's Good. things? How's life? Excellent. So I think, you know, one of the first things we want to talk about is uh, you have an album that is brand new um, coming out or have just released. And it's been what? Multi- a few decades. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's almost 25 years. Like we're, you know, typical, you know, brand spanking new, all brand new bits, all brand new skits and a typical style jerky boys record. Right. Yeah, I got a chance to listen to to a lot of it. And it really, I mean, for anybody that, you know, remembers the Jerky Boys, which is um, zillions amounts of people, it's it it's as like nothing has no time has passed. It, it truly stands up to what you would expect um, from classic Jerky Boy bits. I mean, really, I really was super impressed. I was really psyched and I was trying to work while I was listening to it. and I just couldn't. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, that made, I really appreciate that. And my approach this time, because it's been so many, I've been, you know, uh, doing family guy for it's almost what, 20 years now, 19, 20 years. Wow. So the approach I wanted to use was like how I started in, in the very beginning. I, I, you know, it was just a family thing. You know, I'm the oldest of five children and I got a bunch of brothers and, uh, so I was, you know, I, I did, I just, I just let it go. I just let it go. I didn't sit around planning and thinking and, you know, I'll do this, I'll do that. I'll do five Jack tours or I'll do, you know, I didn't think about it. I just literally just took the call and then just kind of flowed and whatever character came to my head, I just, I, it just, I just felt really comfortable. That's the best way to put it. It felt really comfortable. So I appreciate that. So how, like, after all this time and having, you know, the success on, on family guy. And I imagine that's a totally different um, world, you know, living in, in that world with the success of that show for, for, you know, as long as that show has been around, you've been on it. How, yeah. how did you come to say, Hey, this is the time let's do this. Well, it was actually a lot of everybody and a lot of fans, mostly um, Seth MacFarlane's another good one to mention, you know, about geez, over the last, I'd say years he's been asking me, Johnny, you got to get back into, you got to get back into the studio, man. We need more stuff. And he's like, you know, we, we, another jerky boys record be incredible. And that's been going on for a long time. Um, 
you know, so, but it, you know, it, it, a lot of celebrities, um, when it would come up in a topic, but mostly the fans, the fans were, you know, and especially now, these last couple of years, um, the fans are like, Johnny, man, you, you know, we could really use it right about now. And, and, and the world could use a, a brand new Jerky Boys record. And I announced it at, at my bir- on my birthday at uh, Kingsland in Brooklyn. I, right. I, I just started doing these live shows. Uh, and then the COVID hit. So, you know, but that was my first, you know, foray into like doing live performances because I don't do stand up. Right. You know, I remember I remember you guys saying the same thing. I don't do stand up comedy. But what I do is I have a million stories to tell. And the stories are amazing stories when the fans get to hear them. And the fans like a lot of backstory. Right. So they want they got they have so many questions that they want answered. So that's um, that's it. And that's basically coming around and saying to myself, you know what? It, it, it's in comedy dynamics is, is, a, is a wonderful uh, record label. And I, I just I said, yeah, man, it, it, let's let's just do it. So it took it took some time. And I like I said, I just I, I, I may I took, I took some time doing it. I didn't rush through it. And so I'm, I'm glad I, I'm glad you, I'm really glad you guys like it. Yeah, if any I mean, now's the time people need some. Uh some laughter <laughs> something yeah. funny and the live shows we all know are limited and right so right it's, it's something pain, good it's right it's a pain in the ass because it was my first go at it and it was extremely successful um the shows were very interactive where i'm on stage and and there's a monitor um moderator and and, and the people have like i said a million questions and we play some classic bits and then when the bit is over, you, we go, we burn through an hour and a, an hour and a half in like, like that. So it's just the time flies because like I said, everybody remembers the classic bits. And um, so we'll play a classic bit. The people know every single word. When I look out at the crowd, what's nice about doing the smaller crowds is it's very intimate. Yeah. If I do 200, 300 people, I can literally look at everybody during the show. Um, you know, I've spoken to I, I I spoke at Woodstock. That remember Woodstock '94? Yep. And there was five hundred thousand people out there. It was just like a sea of people. But you know, the small crowds are great because, like I said, it's very intimate, and people go away after the show at the end, and they just said it was they had so much fun because it's them getting to tell me stories as well, uh, Journey Boys related stories or how their first mom found out or you know things like that. Right. So w- when, when you first started doing this as a kid, like h- how did, like, how did you, like, how did you start? Was it just like typical kid antics, like making phone calls to the pizza place? And then you, as you grew, you, you figured out that that was a, a career path. You know, it, it's, it's funny with me. It was completely the opposite. I had no intention whatsoever of, of like becoming uh, a comedian, uh, you know, because I, I, I was always a very shy person by nature. Right. And I'll never forget when I finally had to come out of the woodwork. Um, it was uh, Atlantic Records. And I, I, I walk in. I've, I, I'm a guy. I used to hang off buildings in New York City. I used to do construction and, and shit like that. I, I did, did a little bit of everything. So here I am now hanging on buildings. And then now I got to go into a, a, a big boardroom up at, up at a record label. And the first thing I remember walking in, because I remember, 
I, I was nervous. And I said, listen, I just want to tell you guys right off the bat, I'm not a fucking comedian. And I said, because I was nervous that right away they were going to package me up and, and put me on the road and send me here. And, there. and I was like trying to make it clear from the get-go that, you know, but the truth is you got to push yourself out of your comfort zone anyway, eventually. Sure. But, um, you know what I mean? I, and I found, I found that pretty, it's, it's, pre, it's a pretty amazing feeling when you do that because, you know, it, it's, some, it's one thing to be comfortable. It's another thing to actually you know, do it, kick yourself out of your comfort zone. So when I was a kid, you know, I, I was just doing these voices and, you know, all this crazy stuff. And, uh, you know, I remember making fun of my mom all the way back in like the mid sixties. And, um, she, she would slap the shit out of me in those days, you know, it was old, it was old school, you know, you got your ass yeah. in, but sure. that's how I did it. I started doing the voices very young and, and, and just keep, coming up and I, I had reel to reels back in the early 70s, the big reel to reels my, my dad had got me and, and I just kept at it, but um, for making my family laugh. Right. And, and, and the, you know, uh, the rest is history. The tapes got out and, you know, then people started making the New York times said it was the largest blue leg in history. And when those tapes started getting out and out and out, you're talking now millions and millions of people from East coast to West coast, up and down, Canada, the UK, anywhere you can think of. So right. it was just very interesting. And again, I believe very, very clearly it's that the characters were so special because they're real. Yeah. All, all the characters I do are all based on people I've known or growing up or so they're real. So that I believe is why people really love them. And, and they've been to this day so successful. Right. For sure. I mean, I, I was telling Greg previously, I'm a lot younger than Greg. I don't know if you could tell, but um, <laughs> uh, when your albums were coming, I was really young, but later on, uh, like I remember, I could vividly remember I had to be like 11 years old and my buddy got a jerky boys CD from his dad and he like <laughs> came over. It was like, he like stole it from his dad and he's like, dude, we got to listen. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was like the sneakiest, scariest thing we could do at that age. And we were like, just like huddled around listening to it. Yeah. So uh, when I heard you were coming on today, I, I was like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty cool, man. I was doing a, you know, well, it felt illegal. It wasn't actually illegal, but <laughs> illegal stuff when I was 11. But um, yeah, dude, it's, it's been, uh, I rewatched some of the bits today too. And the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, uh, the Jewish guy, Saul Ro Rosenberg. Wow. Saul Rosenberg, yeah. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot about him. Yeah, and, and it's great because, like, I got some some good Sauls. Uh, you know, Saul, Saul is always – see, but that's what I mean when I say people love the characters because they can't get enough of just that, that Saul voice or, you know, and, and I always, you know, tell people, Saul, I've been saying this over the years, you know, in all over the – place. Saul is my mom. Whenever I do the character Saul Rosenberg, that's me imitating my mom. And I, you can see, I make it a little more cartoony, right. but it's my, it's my mom to the T. <laughs> I'll never forget one time. I think it was Maxim magazine and they, they were doing a feature story on me. And I said, listen, you come back next time. I'll say, I'll have my mom here. You could, if you want to ask her some questions, I think that'd be kind of funny. Right. So I bring my mom and he comes up for a, another meeting for the feature story. And I introduce him to my mom and she's like, you know, hi, how are you? And, how, yeah, and, and just like, did you have a nice trip up? And 
he goes like this. <laughs> and he starts laughing in my mom's face. And he's hysterical laughing. And he goes, I'm, I'm so sorry. And, and, and my mom's like, ah, because, you know, she, she got it all the time. And she was funny as hell. She was so proud of, of the whole Jerky Boys. Uh, my mom actually designed the back cover for Jerky Boys 3. Wow. Yeah. And she actually, she coined the phrase, the Jerky Boys. She came up with the name. Really? So that's what yeah. was my question. I want to know how you got to that name. And it's, yep. okay. uh, I'll never forget. I was on the phone at my mom's house. My mom was doing the dishes and um, she's listening to my conversation because we were only a couple, few feet apart. And um, I was on the phone with the record label and we're thinking, you know, what are we going to, what are we going to call this fucking thing for, for an official release? And uh, we're just shooting back and forth. And I said, well, the word on the street was it was called the auto mechanic tapes. Um, it was called uh, Frank Rizzo tapes. It, it had a bunch of different names that were on the street. And then my mom is washing the dishes and she doesn't even miss a beat. She's, she says, why don't you just call it the fucking jerky boys? <laughs> <laughs> and I swear to God, I swear to God, myself and, and the, the guys on the phone, they're like, holy shit, that's it. <laughs> and she goes, you're all, you've been, ever since you're a kid, you've been running around doing all these jerky little fucking characters. Just call it the fucking jerky boys. And, I, and as soon as she said that, it was like magic. Everybody was like, that's it. And, and so that, that, that's the jerky boys. That was the, the, uh, the, that was it. That's it. It just took off right up, right up to that. And that's the first album. And if you ever see, we, we all, we joke around, we joke about it to this day. On the first album, I put the album cover together and I, Sean Taggart th did the artwork. He drew Frank Rizzo with a wrench in his hand. And some, what is it, like 35 years or so later, more, even more or less. And I said to Sean, I asked him if he would do the new cover, the new album cover. And Sean is like, you kidding me, Johnny? He says, I'll always be there for you, man. And he's been doing my artwork ever since. I said, and I sent him a couple of pictures of a ratchet. Like, like I found on the internet. Right. And I said, Sean, now listen, it's going to be Frank again, but this, instead of a wrench, because for 40 years, I, people have asked me, how come you, you, you say you, I'll wrap your fucking head in with a ratchet. And he's sitting on the cover of Jerky Boys 1 with a wrench. Right. So I said, <laughs> and that's why when you look at the new cover, it's great. You see, he's clearly holding a ratchet. And, oh, and, it's, and it's all these years later. Right. And uh, I think Sean did a, a fantastic job on, on the cover. It's, it's just, it, it, the, the whole thing just came together very, very nice. Yeah, I was, I was kind of curious as to the, how you guys came up or, you know, you came up with the concept for all the art on the covers because, you know, I mean, they are obviously very intense art on, on the covers of the albums and everything. And right. was that like, it, how did that come to be? Or did you just say to him, say, hey, designed me an album cover and that's what he came up with first and then you just ran with it for all these years we go back and forth with the concept sometimes for months or even longer than that right so um this particular concept we had a few different ideas and then i just got i got a i got a brainstorm to be um i just wanted to be uplifting right and, and and be just have it very positive like you know just do it do it and i thought about elon musk and I've been thinking about, you know, the different space programs and, you know, just, just positive, uh, like a good vibe, just a really good vibe. So then I thought, I said, Sean, I got an idea the other day. 
And I was inspired. Let's do something about in space. And like I said, you could see the earth and you could see the universe. And, and, and I said, and, and there was a bunch of different things. I had um, Saul Rosenberg was actually piloting a vessel and Frank Rizzo. Or, then I thought to myself, you know, Frank Rizzo's out there spacewalking. But yep. then I thought to myself, let's stick with the theme from all the way back, Turkey Boys 1. It's just Frank Rizzo. He's by himself. And, and the rest is explanatory. You know, everybody knows the characters are there. Yeah. So, and then when Sean hit me with that, I opened the email and I looked at that email and I was like, oh my God, that's the cover. It's, it's freaking, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Uh, they're, yeah. they're all awesome. He's very, very talented. Super so, talented. Yeah. And we go over the years, we go back and forth. And, you know, one, uh, if you look, one of, one of the great covers, Jerky Boys covers is uh, Jerky Boys 3, where it's the whole King Kong theme. Right. Frank Rizzo is King Kong, Jack Torres is Faye Ray, and Sal and, and, and Tarbosh are trying to shoot him down off the building. And it, it, it's, just, it's just good stuff. But sure, we've always managed to come and people love to see that's what the Jerky Boys is different too, because people, it's not, it's not just about the calls. It's got like a cult following because sure. the people love the artwork and everything. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, is, is, is Frank Rizzo your favorite of the characters or is, or is that the one that just sort of took on the life? Yeah. Frank Rizzo is, is, Frank Rizzo is obviously, uh, you know, you guys probably know this. He's ba Frank is based on my dad. Right. And in, in normal conversation, my dad would sound very similar to how we're speaking to each other right now. But when my father got pissed off, that's when he became, it was hilarious. It, I always say it's like a combination. My dad was a lot like um, similar. My dad was a very unique individual, very similar to, I always said, Mo Howard and like Jackie Gleason mixed. Right. And that would be a great way to describe my father. Wow. Um, like, that's where my, my kid brother, my baby brother, he's 13 years younger than me. You know, one time we came home from shopping and he grabbed a bag of, I don't know what he grabbed, a bag of cookies or donuts or some shit. And he was a very young kid at the time and he tried to run into the back rooms. And my father's like, hey, get over here, you little fucking muffin ass. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that persona, that's, so now in business, my father would he wouldn't never speak that way. He would just speak like we're speaking. Right. But at home, at home, my father he'd tear you a new asshole all day long. <laughs> and so that's where I came up with the, the character, the character Frank Rizzo. That's whenever you hear Frank Rizzo barking on a on a on a CD, that is literally me copying my dad when he was wow. pissed off. So that's 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 again we get back to the characters and how they're based on real people. Yeah. Yeah, no, Dude, I, it's so funny you said that. That's like my father's Italian and talking to him, like you said, he's very normal and chill right. and calm. But when he would get pissed, it would just come out like my fa This is my favorite curse word that for some reason all Italian men love to say. And they never say it directed at anybody. It just comes. They're just mad at something. And they just yell it in the air. I would just hear if he like dropped something or some shit, you hear, ah, your mother's ass yeah. <laughs> out of nowhere. I love like, it, yeah. I'm in the other room, like, who's he talking yeah. about? <laughs> uh, that, I love that. See, but that's, that's exactly how it happens. Yeah. You grow, you grow up, you grow up listening to this stuff. And um, it's like, it's like magic. It's, you know, I think, I think I was lucky in the sense that as a, as a very small kid, 
I was able to understand that what I was witnessing and, and what I was it, my house was fucking nuts, man. It was if I, it, like I said, th these are some of the stories that I tell at these live events. Right. And when I tell some of these stories, people look at me almost with a disgusted look, um, like, or like unbelievable, like that they, they don't believe, like they're like, holy shit. Is that like, cause the stories are absurd. But again, that's, that's how I grew up and I wouldn't trade it for the world because it's, it turned me into who I, I was. But I remember being very young and listening to my mom mouth off and my father. And I just remember saying to myself as a little kid, I said, that shit is funny. And so instead of being a kid that got traumatized by it, I thought it was, I thought it was very, very, very funny stuff. And Kissel, Kissel is uh, my uncle uh, Vinny. We lost your sound. Hold on, Johnny. There you go. You Can you hear me now? Yeah. Gotcha. yeah somebody just tried calling in. Uh, but um, he wasn't a blood uncle, but he lived with us all the time. So on weekends or, you know, vacations, he was always with us. And, you know, he was an amazing character and as well. And uh, that's how Kissel came into play. So it's, it's, like I said, it's always about the characters, man. People just, they go nuts for them. So now, you said that how many kids did you grow up? It was five kids? Yeah, myself and, and I have three other brothers and I have one sister. Oh my God. See, I love, I'm an only child and my, one of my close buddies from home, he's the oldest. He's like 31. And then he has triplet brothers that yeah. are 25 and then a 20 year old sister. So like in that house, I've just been there for holidays and things. And I'm like, this is wild. Like right. I can't imagine right. it you know, what it was like. It is wild. And my younger, my, my brother closest to me is seven years younger than me. And then he has a brother. And I have another brother that's, my, it's, it's Irish twins. He's just a little younger than my brother, Joe, who's seven years. So they're both like six, seven, six years behind me. And then my baby brother is like 13 years behind me. But um, I used to torture them. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I used to fucking torture them as little kids. We, we would do shit that, if adults would come in the house and see what we got going on, they'd be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? We wrecked the place. And, 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 you know, but it was always like crazy American kind of like mischievous fun, just doing crazy fucked up shit. I love that. Yeah, it's, it sounds <laughs> like a hell of a house to want to have some fun in growing up. Uh, in. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. I, 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 I want to ask you about, you know, I want to talk to you about cameo um, for a minute, but the, let's talk about the Howard Stern show for a sec. Right. Right. So you, you were, you've been on the Howard Stern show how many times? I think I did Howard's show two or three times, something along those lines. Right. And that was back in the, early, the mid to early. Yeah, that was back in uh, Howard, you know, Howard, um, like I, I have to say, Howard got a hold of the, the bootleg somewhere in the mid 80s or early 80s or something like that. And Howard was the one that was just cranking it. Right. You know what I'm saying? He was cranking the bootleg and he, and Howard actually put it out there. He says, listen, if anybody knows who this Frank Rizzo guy is, he said, you got it. You got to call the studio. I need to know. He said, this is the funniest thing I have ever heard in my life. Yeah. He goes, Please call in if you know who this is. And that's when I started to say, I got to come out of the woodwork because people were trying to take credit. They were yeah. trying to say, Oh, that's oh, yeah. me. That's me. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I had, that's when I had to come out and say, listen, I got to, I got to let the people know. And if you, if you know the jerky boys and you know the bootleg, 
there's stuff in there that if people tried to take credit, they would never be able to do it for long because first of all, the voice is more, you can do a voice print is more accurate than a fingerprint. Yeah. And second of all, um, the, uh, the things that are included in my bootlegs are like Brett Weir, for example, Brett Weir is a family member. Brett Weir, the, the, my sister married into the Weir family. Right. And all of the, you know, little, all the other little nuances are, are directly related to my family. And as soon as I walked into the uh, record, I'll never forget it. I was, I walked into, I was Atlantic. And I, 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 as soon as I started talking, they said, holy shit, there, that's him. That's Johnny. So <laughs> it was a long time ago. Right. So what do you think? I mean, do you listen to the show now, the Howard Stern show at all? No, I don't, I don't have, I don't have serious. Right. I don't have serious. So I don't, I, my car, I think come, came with it and, right. and it runs out and, and stuff like that. I haven't, I haven't heard or haven't heard Howard in quite some time. Well, I'm just, I'm just curious, but I'm sure you know that they have people that have been on the show and are on it now for like 10 plus years that almost their sole job is to do funny phone calls. Right. I'm sure. Sal and Richard. And I, I was just kind of curious as to what do you think about that in regards to obviously you, you're like the originator of the funny phone call and the pranks. Yeah. And, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, I, the one or both of those guys reached out to me right. uh, just to say hello. I forget if it was on Twitter. I don't remember it on social, social media, but um, yeah, man, it's, you know, they, you know, they, they do it all over the country at radio yep. stations. It, you know, it was a really big thing when I hit and, and Howard Stern said it himself many years ago, Howard said, he goes, look, these record companies, they're all trying to find the new jerky boys. And Howard said, it ain't going to happen. Yep. It's not going to happen. He says, because in, in, in Johnny's case, these are all real people. These are based on real people and, and, and they're all much loved by the millions of people out there. You, right. you, you just can't, you know, so what the record companies eventually, what they eventually ended up getting was thousands of boxes of people, cassette tapes, and they would be doing Sal Rosenberg yep. or they would be doing Frank Rizzo or they'd be doing any one of my characters. Remember my character, Jack Torres, I was doing that shit when that was, that was taboo. Right. You know, my gay character, my gay, RuPaul, RuPaul is one of my biggest fans. I was on his show years ago and, you know, they, they coined the phrases, you know, the original diva, Jack Torse. Right. You know, so, yeah, and Jack, 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 that, but, but like to your question before, Frank Rizzo is, is basically, you know, it's, it's not, no stretch for me. You know, it's my, my favorite character. I, I think I have two favorites that I really love to do. And the first, I think I would say is I love Jack Torres. I love doing Jack Torres, the gay character. And I, and I love doing big old badass Bob the Catalyst. <laughs> those, those, those two are, they, they just, I see them in my head. Right. So when I'm doing big old badass Bob the Cattle Rustler, I see him. Yep. And that's why it, when I, when something is said, like for example, with that skit where the guy calls me for lawn, lawn equipment. Right. I put out an ad that I had some lawn equipment. And he says uh, that he wants the tractor and he says, uh, and I'm, I'm telling him, you know, I, you know, I said, what do you want? Something to ride on or something you push. <laughs> and, 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 and he says, I don't want to, have, I can't do his accent, but he says, I want something to ride on. And I said, <laughs> you is a lazy bastard, ain't you? <laughs> so when I'm, and, then, and I said, I said to him, what do you want? On a TV on the goddamn thing too, and, and it, his reaction, his reaction to me is is priceless. 
and he and, and but see Bob, you could just see Bob, and he, he's just this you know big old obnoxious truck driver. Yeah. But and it's funny because the people the people say Frank and Bob they can be a little tough around the edges, but man, there's something lovable about those guys. So yeah, it, it, is, it is it is it is kind of funny. Right. I love that. So let um, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Greg. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you about the cameos that you that you mentioned you're doing. Let tell us about that and how oh, that yeah. works and where people can find that. Yeah, that, that's um, it's actually a, a really cool thing because Cameo approached me and said, Johnny, this would be perfect for you because again, it's character driven. Yep. So the, you know, you got to see some of the requests I get. It's amazing. They want I get a lot, a ton of Jack, ton of Jack tours. Um, but it's great because again, once again, people growing up over all these years, they know that. Hey, my dad, my dad, there's actually one, there's a, a promo out now. It says, my dad waited 70 years to be called Sizzle Chest. <laughs> and, and, and so people, people, people know that in their household, they've loved the Jerky Boys and they loved all the characters. Right. So they, they say, oh my God, for my dad's birthday, I'm going to get him a Frank Rizzo. And, 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 or any other character they want. I even do um, Mort Goldman from Family Guy or anything that, you know, they want. But it's, it's, it's a pretty awesome thing. And it's, it's, uh, it's pretty simple. It's cameo.com forward slash Johnny Brennan. Right. And that, that, so people don't know what people who may not know what Cameo is. It's, it's a platform where you can go on and find uh, um, a bazillion different celebrities and people right. recognize right. musicians, actors, comedians, and you ask them to do something for you and they provide you a video, you know, obviously you pay for it and it can be a birthday greeting. It could be an anniversary. It could be calling your friend an asshole. It can be anything. Right. And they get the video from you and in, you know, and it's pretty, it's a pretty wild platform to think that now a days you can go directly to the, the source to get whatever you want done. And, you know, it's relatively reasonable, I'm sure. for people Yeah, it's pretty, it's actually pretty cool. You're right. And there are, there are tons and tons of celebrities and, you know, and I'm talking anything from A-list, you know, sure. there, there, there's everybody, everybody and their mother's doing it. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, I've never, you like actually gotten them but i've gone on and looked at it and they're like man that's pretty awesome if i you know if you ever have that friend who you don't know what to get as a 30th birthday gift and you know that they're into the jerky boys or sebastian bach you have your coolest present that you could get them i think at that point. yeah it's, it's it's very very cool there's a couple celebrities on there that really surprised me i can't remember off the top of my head but i was like <laughs> Holy shit. It's like, what time are we living in right now? Like, this is so strange. Yeah. Do you think yeah, but it's cool though, because like you say, they're able to have something that is really very special from a, oh, person, yeah. from a person that they, they, they have loved, you know, and, and, and kind of really dig, you know, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, and, and it puts the person on the end, like, you know, like yourself, directly in touch with people who are fans willing to buy your stuff. You know, that's, well, you got to you got to see my cameos. They're very, very personal. Right. And, and I I include the people in, and I say, you know, there's there's one that I I said yeah, I, I forget, but I, I do a lot of them where I just I say, hey, you know, so and so, why don't you grab Ryan? We'll fucking tie him to the back of the bike. And I said, <laughs> and see, you and me will pedal the shit out of that fucker, and and just just making yourself, I include them into a funny story. Yeah. And I, right. I literally make it up. As I go, I don't, yeah. I don't have a clue what the fuck I'm going to say, but I just, 
I make up the shit as I go and include them into it. And, and they, they, they really love it. Right. I was yeah, going to yeah. ask if like you were, if you wrote out any of the bits prior or it's just like all, it's all just seat your pants. You're just going. Yeah, man. That's the way it's been since the beginning. So I kind of don't mess with that. Right. Um, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I let it. That's why when you hear the skits, they're very absurd. Like a lot of times I'll, I'll say a word that doesn't even exist, <laughs> um, you know, or I, I, and I've been doing that for, for decades since the very beginning. Um, and so, yeah, it, 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 that's the way to go. You know, now, obviously if I'm now, some are inside jobs. I'm sure you guys know that. Yeah, of course. So for example, the Hucklebuck, that was an inside job. Juggy Gales is, was a, uh, a tremendous producer in the music business. So I had a way to get to Juggy, Be- Juggy Gales. Somebody gave me a phone number from the record company. And obviously they didn't know. They didn't know they were going to be pranked. And I had to get clearances, you know, to use those pranks. But Juggy Gales turns out to be one of the all-time, you know, absolute. We talk. I talk about Frank Sinatra. And, I, he, you know, he stole $200,000 from me. And, 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 and just there's so much going on in Juggy Gales. And uh, the, the, the classic uh, Sol's Nude Beach, stepping on fist clams, walking on the beach. Yeah. You know, that, that was an inside job. That's why if you listen very carefully, this is a secret. I, I don't think I've ever said this, but if you listen carefully, even on, I have a T-shirt, a Jimmy Boys T-shirt, and it's spelled J-I-M-B, Jim. So there's a B there. And I must have tried for an hour to get his last name out off that skit. And couldn't get it off, couldn't get it off, so I just left the bait. So his name is Jim, Jim. And over all the years, people people ask me, and it, you know, and, and it's funny. So, but that was an inside job as well. I was supposed to get this guy Jim, right? But instead, his mother answered the phone, and he wasn't home. And the rest, the rest is history. You know, that's awesome. So, I, I think before we go, I, I'm just the last thing I want to ask on Nick may have something else too is then you had all that success and a movie, right? Did you ever think that as you were doing this, this would turn into a feature film? Well, you know what? I just took everything step by step. What happened was it sold, it sold gold and platinum so fast. Um, Double platinum, you know, just kept, going crazy and when that happens it's a force to be reckoned with sure so tony danza and amelia well, actually it was tony danza actually was the one that stepped up and flew me out to los angeles by the end of that day all the major players out there they knew the jerky boys were in town and everyone wanted to have a movie deal right so i at the end of the day i i stuck with disney and 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 because tony danza wasn't able to sell it to sony they didn't know how to do it. They didn't know what to do with it. Right. So I just figured, you know what, Disney, I'm going to just stick with Disney. And, and it was Emilio Estevez and, um, and, and it was off to the races from there. So, you know, here at one minute, one minute I'm hanging off buildings in New York city doing waterproofing and, and, you know, construction. And the next minute I'm starring in my own motion picture for Disney pictures. Yeah. It's I wild. Mean, isn't it? That's, that's a very cool story. Yeah, it sure is. It really. And I mean, I remember that, you know, and I was like, this is unbelievable because it was at the kind of the time when sort of, you know, at least to me, comedy has was like kind of taking over. You know, there was like a this moment where music 
you know, went from the, the 80s in this massive TV explosion with, you know, the hair bands and the pop music and, and the videos to then a kind of a lull in, in the early mid 90s, even though, you know, grunge had then sort of wiped out all that 80s music. But comedy took on like the world of like rock and roll, right? You had Dice, you had the Jerky Boys. It was like this this phenomenon of of comedy sort of taking over that's that spotlight of what music kind of brought in from the 80s yeah i i definitely would would have to say so um and yeah the jerky boys is uh you know it's all it was all really good stuff yeah you know back then you know dice you know and all the stuff that was hitting pretty heavy and yeah. you know when when the jerky boys hit the scene people loved it because it was different yep it wasn't the same as like you had these great comedians like Dyson, you know, uh, Richard Pryor and, you know, Eddie Murphy, all these tremendous comedians. Right. Sam Kinison. Around the time. Yeah. But th- th- this was a breath of fresh air. And I, I if I'm, I remember Eddie Murphy, his brother was in my movie as an extra. Right. And, and said the same thing. He said, you know, Eddie just, Eddie praised for the whole Frank Rizzo thing. He says, before this came along, he said, all you had was a guy standing on a stage in front of a red brick wall telling jokes. Yep. And he said, this is like a breath of fresh air. And plus, it's it's a little, it's almost like a little movie. Yeah. Because you, you, you have the characters, you have another character, a victim on the other end, and then you have this little movie that plays out. Yep. So it's very, very different. Yeah. Well, I loved every minute of it. I think people who are going to listen to this new record in a few weeks, or it depends on when they listen to this, um, are really going to be turned on to something that they're going to love for sure. I, I, I really appreciate that. It means a lot coming from you guys because like I said, I, I just, I just, I let it, I just let it flow. I didn't try to force this character or the, I, that character. I just let it flow. And I'm, I'm really glad that it came across that way. Yeah. I'm excited for you, man. Thank you. Yeah. I can't wait, man. Johnny, thank you for your time today, man. It was really cool getting to meet you. I was texting my uh, childhood buddy today and be like, I'm interviewing the uh, guy who's created the jerky boys. Like, remember that album you stole from your dad? He was like, no way. Tell him I said hello. I will. I will. I'm going to make you do a cameo for him. We'll see. Go on cameo. <laughs> yeah. That, that's great, man. That's great. Johnny, hang out for one second after I, after I end this. Okay. Right, hang on. Hey, Nick, I got to thank you for the amazing birthday gift this year. Uh, Best gift I got all year from our new sponsor, Manscaped. You hooked me up with the Lawnmower 3.0. That's right, baby. I called ahead to make sure it worked on gray hairs as well as regular hairs. So, um, yeah, you're all good. You're you're good to go, man. Can't wait to see that pruned tree of yours. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's pruned. And I got to tell you, the other thing that's great about it is it's not just for using downstairs. I used it on my face right after I used it downstairs. But got to tell you, it's for the money that I didn't spend, you did. It it really gives you the best and safest shave anywhere you want to use it. Yeah, it makes sense, man. Your downstairs looks just like your upstairs. So It does because I have a boyish, um, how do you say, glisten to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds horrifying, but I'm glad that thing works. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. I have it as well. And as a hairy Sicilian gorilla, I need that big time. It's, uh, it's honestly one of my favorite tools. Like, not even kidding. One of my favorite things I use. I have all my friends using it as well. 
and they thought I was just trying to sell them something just because they're our sponsor, but they love it as well. Well, for all of our listeners, if you use our code MANGINA20 at manscaped.com, you will get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's MANGINA20 at manscaped.com. <laughs> 